it's Kate from Zen Stitching and I'm jumping in again this afternoon to um, continue our conversations with artists who are participating in the Making Zen online retreat for September 2023. So this afternoon we have the pleasure of talking to Melissa Galbraith from M Creative J and I'm going to send her a quick message to see if she'd like to join the conversation. has been sent. Lovely to see so many people joining in this afternoon. It'd be great to hear where you're joining in from. And here we are. Hello. Hi. How are you? Really well. I'm just going to turn you up so that I can hear you. Oh, good. <laughs> it's always helpful, isn't it, when having a conversation? Yeah. <laughs> I was doing a, another, what was I doing? Oh, doing a call. Um, earlier. It was really loud and then it was really short and really, really soft. So anyway, great to finally meet you in, I was going to say in person. <laughs> well, almost. almost. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it sounds like you have um, company there today as well. Yes. Sorry. Let me open the door and see if the dogs will be quiet. Yeah. They sometimes get a little rambunctious when I do like virtual, um, phone calls or like zoom meetings and things and so i was like i'll close the door and see if they'll be quiet and now one of them is just like i'm not having this <laughs> so give me just a moment absolutely right you two need to be good okay <laughs> uh, so were you keeping them out or are you keeping them in uh, just keeping them out of the room because yeah. they ugh, love to oh say hello oh hello i can see why what a big, big smooch oh hello was it clinton did you say oh landon landon ah he's beautiful oh thank you <laughs> and i can see why they like to keep you company are they your studio dogs most of the time anyway yes i mean i have a home studio so um they kind of follow me around throughout all pretty much the whole day and love to come in and hang out and just like snooze while I'm working on things or they'll play. Um, the worst is when I'm like trying to cut fabric because I have like this giant cutting mat on the floor and that's usually when they love to like run around and play and I'm like you cannot do this while I'm trying to cut fabric. <laughs> it's always the way isn't it? They like to be in the center of everything. Oh yeah. And I'm sure it's like, you know, when you get on the floor, you're more at their level too. So they're like, oh, well, that means you want to play with us yeah. now. And I'm like, no, I just really need to cut fabric. <laughs> oh my, that's so funny. Uh, it's, uh, and then it is, every time you do anything like that, they're always like to be right in the middle of it. So, um, so they're good helpers then in that case. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm so pleased that uh, we could connect today. Um, I've been a, a big uh, fan of all of your embroidery works. And so I'm super thrilled that you're part of the Making Zen online retreat. So you can share your beautiful um, designs with everybody who's signed up. Um, have you got a sample of what you're sharing as part of the workshop? I do. I grabbed a couple. So um, for awesome. the workshop, I am sharing how to embroider a flower pocket onto your garment. So this is actually kind of a t-shirt dress here. You can see it has some flowers coming out of the pocket right there. And here's another example of a pair of jeans, which has some flowers coming out of this back pocket as well. 
and the workshop walks you through how to kind of place your patterns in the pocket and some different stitches that I used to create all of these um, just different textures in here. So I think it's five or six different stitches we'll you know, cover that go over like French knots and stem lines and leaves and different like filling stitches to create some really beautiful textures for your flowers to fill that in. Yeah, they're absolutely stunning. And I just love um, the way that you have them coming out of pockets and whether it's on your shirt or in your jeans or whatever. What inspired you to create a, a design like that? Um, I pull a lot of inspiration from nature. So usually kind of just taking a walk around the neighborhood with my dogs or um, getting to go on like vacation or just, you know, seeing my neighbor's gardens and things like that. Um, I just love all the color and beauty that comes from nature. So I'll take a lot of photos on our walks and like usually come back and kind of sketch some things out. And I kind of found that even though I love embroidering and making pieces that are wall art, you only have so much space on your walls mm -hmm. to then hang things up. So I was like, your wardrobe is also a really fun expression of art and what you love to wear and enjoy. So why not embellish and add more to it as well too? Mm -hmm. And I will admit that I totally buy like tons of plain colored pieces. Like if I find a t-shirt that I love, I will buy it in all the colors that they have. So I probably have like seven t-shirts that are all like just a bunch of different colors in the same kind of style. So I was like, it would be really fun to just embellish and add embroidery and different pieces for those to make them really unique and my own. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I got more into clothing embroidery. And this was a fun combination of those two things. Yeah, it, it, it totally is. I, and I just love it I, because it's, it's something that's so whimsical and it's so beautiful. And like you say, it, it turns any piece of clothing into an art piece because you, you've made it uniquely yours. And I don't know, there's something just so whimsical about the idea of having some flowers popping out of your pocket or, you know, poking out the back. It's almost like you've been for a walk and you're just kind of like collecting bits and pieces on your, your walk and, and sticking them in pockets. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that's totally delightful. Um, and so I, because I've been thinking about all of the different things that are happening on the Making Zen uh, week because there's so much and there's a lot of different uh, embroidery techniques and different things. And one way of, you know, kind of keeping all of your projects together is to create a fabric book. But it, mm, which is really wonderful. And we've got uh, a workshop on the Monday, which is a really great um, workshop, which shows you how to make books using fabric. But I also really love the idea of um, having a garment that you just apply all of these designs onto. So whether it's your flowers or other things, you really could go to town and turn your whole top or jeans or whatever you want to start embroidering and just kind of turn that into your making zen project which i think is quite fun yes that would be a really beautiful sampler you get to have all sorts of different pieces and kind of memories within those different sections i think it'd be really beautiful yeah totally and just thinking about how you're always looking to um i feel like in some ways it's pushing the boundaries of where embroidery can be found. So you, you 
want to take it from just the hoop, for example, or off, off the wall, and you've got them on your clothes, but you also have a lot of beautiful, really petite embroideries too, the um, jewellery pieces, necklaces, and that kind of thing. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about maybe what inspired those and just some information about those too? Yeah. I mean, I think you're kind of talking about some of the different kits I have, and let's see, I can probably, let me grab one here. So, um, this is probably one of the kits you were mentioning, which is like a pendant, um, mm. it's embroidered, and I just, again, really love the idea of being able to wear your embroidery, and sometimes, like, jewelry is maybe a little easier, you can take it on and off and mix and match it with your different garments and outfits and things like that. Um, some people love pendants, earrings, pins, which are some of the different options I have. And they're just really like fun accents you can add to your wardrobe. And like I love being able to share embroidery in that way. And the fun thing about these um, kits is that they're small projects. So you're really not mm -hmm. like investing hours and days and like weeks and months into them. You're really like these pins, earrings, and pendant kits, they're all probably something you could finish in under four hours. So it feels like very manageable and you feel super accomplished at the end. And they come with all of the materials you need. So really you can like dive in, whip it up, and then have something to show off and wear in like in a day. That is so cool. Um, I had no idea that they, cause I'm like, I wonder how long it would take to create. So you could pretty much feel like, oh, I've got a special event happening tomorrow. I really want to make something special. Then you could just whip something up if you happen to have your um, your kit at home and then wear these beautiful um, designed jewellery that's uniquely yours. Well, I'm sure which would be a great conversation piece too with them. Um, yeah, yeah. What inspired you to take the um, embroidery on into jewellery? Um, I mean... I will be the first to admit I don't wear a ton of jewelry, but I always love the idea of it and creating really beautiful, unique pieces that are, again, statement pieces that you kind of love and want to be like, oh, this is something I made or like have people come and start a conversation with. Um, and so I do have a few special pieces like that. And I wanted these kits to be those kind of conversation starters or pieces that people could really feel proud of having made something and being able to wear it. and. You know, it's always fun because this, like, when you get a kit, it's something that you can, like, make, and then you could also give it afterwards. So you could make it for yourself and then keep it, or you could give this piece you finished and just get to show that off as well, too, and share in the joy of, well, making it, you can also gift it, too. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, that, for me, is one of the treasures about creativity anyway, isn't it? Because it's twofold. You can make it and enjoy the process and then keep it, or you can make it enjoy the process and then gift it to someone else as well, which means that in some senses you're, you're sharing the love by, you know, um, sharing a beautiful artwork with someone that you've created and, you know, spreading that ripple effect of, of calm and creativity and beauty. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, makes me think of the, um, William Morris, uh, phrase which I'm just going to paraphrase but I think he said something along the lines of surround yourself with beauty wherever you can so I just think that's a, a really lovely way of being able to create and and share beauty with with the world as well I agree 
Yeah. And um, so I'm, I love hearing that you have a home studio and that your, your puppies keep you company as well. And um, I was having a, a quick look on your website and, and you say that you, um, you, you were doing a very mundane desk job, I think it was. And then that kind of prompted you to move back into um, the textiles and embroidery. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that journey, kind of maybe how this, the idea became a reality or any fun things you'd like to share. Oh, I'd love to share. So um, actually, as a kid growing up, my mom had us doing all the crafts, like anything you could think of, we probably did. She had a well, she has this giant room upstairs in our house that was her sewing studio and we did like quilting, um, bobbin lace, embroidery, paper mache, like anything and everything you could think of we did as kids growing up. Um, and I absolutely loved it looking back. I think as a kid I was really into coloring and not so much like embroidery. It was not quite my speed. Mm -hmm. um, but looking back I have such fond memories of being able to play with colors and like different tactile experiences. And as an adult, I had a day job um, kind of doing social media, communications, website work, and things like that. And most of that is not anything tangible. It's something you do mostly on the computer. Um, and I missed that really like tactile creative experience. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of fell back into embroidery and as an adult found it was kind of like coloring for adults. So you get to like play with thread and fill in different sections and create fun textures. And I just really loved it and found it super meditative and relaxing. And after a while, I was kind of like, I have so many embroidered pieces. I need to figure out what I'm doing with these. So I'm either starting a business, giving them away, or picking up a new hobby because, like, you know, <laughs> you just have too much. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start a business and see how this goes, you know. And I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, but it kind of morphed and changed over time. And now I get to do this full time and I share how to embroider. I do workshops, I create kits, and I just really love the experience of getting to share the love of embroidery and how you can find it relaxing and enjoyable and fun. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I always have loved embroidery and, and making things and all that kind of stuff. And I always used to think it was a little bit of a guilty pleasure and it still is. I really love doing it. And it's such a treat to be able to sit and, and create and sit and stitch. Um, but it's so much fun when you can share, share it with others. And also as well, um, having done a bit of digging into it and I'm sure you you're familiar with this too, but just all the, the benefits that stitching has, the therapeutic benefits and the um, uh, kind of like the physical benefits and all that kind of stuff too. So I'm very pleased to be able to say that stitching is good for your health. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, people are always like, oh, it's so meditative and relaxing. And I mean, it really is. It's like, you know, kind of just getting it to sit there and center yourself and feel a little more calm and like, not have to worry about all the different technology and everything going around you you get to focus on the project you're working mm. on work with your hands and just really you know create something beautiful along the way it's just so so good for you yeah it really is and like you say you you have that tangible product at the end too like that's um 
when we're working with screens all the time, I think sometimes we forget just how important tactility is, the, the ability to feel um, and how it in, informs us as well. You know, like I always like to think of our fingers as a second pair of eyes because we can look at something and understand it, but it's not until we touch it that we really understand, you know, like it's if it's got weight or body and the texture and whether it's, you know, kind of, you know, all those kind of fun things that that is so integral, I think, to understanding the world. So I can I can totally see how you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I'd rather do some embroidery things. <laughs> I mean, I will admit that now that I run my own business, I don't get to embroider as much as I would like. Um, there are tons of still like, you know, computer work yeah. and other things that I do, but I do try to make a point every day to at least sit down for, you know, 30 minutes, an hour and just get to craft and stitch and kind of work on a project. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. That's really nice to hear because I do know that, yes, business takes um, a lot of kind of computer time and all that kind of stuff and it, it can kind of pull you away a bit from the fun creation side of things so I'm so thrilled to hear that you make a point of doing that on a daily basis when you're doing that are you kind of thinking because um, I was talking with um, Christy Freeman earlier and she says she has like business stitching time and then personal creative time so she kind of likes to separate the two out so business stitching time is generally during business hours and then uh, personal creation happens in front of the tv at night time and that kind of thing do you have a similar kind of um, approach or how do you like to approach your creativity i would say no I'm not that well organized with it. Um, usually I just, even if it's like personal or business stitching, I still find it very relaxing. Mm. I will admit that when it's more business stitching, there's usually like more pauses in between to like take photos and kind of write up a little something about like maybe it's a step-by-step -step tutorial or something, but I don't split apart the time. I usually like, if I'm embroidering, I'm probably listening to an audiobook or watching something on TV. So I just kind of all of it is included in stitching yeah. time and I don't really break up the two. <laughs> do you um, like to stitch in front of the TV at nighttime, for example, or do you prefer to do it during the day in your studio? Um, during the day, I'll usually listen to like an audiobook when I'm kind of doing other work or I might be like taking like filming tutorials or things and kind of stitching during that time. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But usually I don't watch TV until the evening just because it feels kind of like I'm leaving the studio because the TV's in another room. So I then get to go and like curl up on the sofa mm -hmm. and wrap up in a blanket. So it feels a little more like comfortable and luxurious at that mm -hmm. point. So maybe that's kind of like more of an end of the day thing that you're kind of wrapping up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And where I am in Nova Scotia, the weather's starting to cool down at the moment. So it's really getting my fingers tingling for like, I don't know, I, I really start to get the itchy fingers to create that urge to create and snuggle up with like a hot chocolate and it's not cold enough for a fire yet but you know that kind of feeling that autumn and winter kind of brings so you just like want to get cozy. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel that like the seasons change and it starts to get more like fall and winter, like time in front of the TV usually moves up for a little bit during the day. So like during the summer, I don't get there till like, you know, anywhere from like eight to like 10 o'clock at night, depending upon the day. Whereas mm -hmm. like in the winter, you know, it starts to get dark at like four or five o'clock and you're like, oh, well, I don't want to be working when it's dark out. So you kind of 
then get to snuggle up a little sooner. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's That's one of the beauties about uh, winter. <laughs> Hot chocolates and snuggling up and, and open fires and all those, all those really good things. So going back to your stitching in the studio, you say you like to listen to audiobooks, which is a fabulous way of kind of occupying your headspace whilst your hands are working. Do you have any favorite books that you could recommend or something that you really enjoyed? Um, so I, I absolutely love murder mystery books. Like it's kind of the genre I listen to. If I have like a Goodreads that like, if you look at anything I've read, it's probably like 99% murder mysteries on there. Um, I will say one series that I really loved listening to this year was kind of long and not totally murder mystery it was like a little bit sci-fi murder mystery almost like a play on romeo and juliet it was like a chloe gong series and it was super interesting and she has like two books in one, one series and then like one that's like a little bit of a spin-off but it was super captivating and i like the i think each book was like 15 hours to listen to and i like zoomed yeah. through it they were so yes. good so if you have a chance to listen or read any of the chloe gong books i highly recommend it mm. her name is sounding familiar so I'll, I'll have to look her up and and see what what she has um and so just thinking about that did you find that because it was so captivating and so interesting you'd be like i'll just do a few more stitches i'll just do a few more stitches because you wanted to hear a little bit more of the the story oh definitely yeah if there's like a really good book going on i'm like oh well, i'll just keep on going and then all of a sudden you're like oh why is it so late like i'm so tired but i want to keep going and you have to like either power through or like willfully be like okay save this for tomorrow it will last mm -hmm. so what's your trick there do you like say I'll stop listening when we get to the end of the chapter or yeah, I'll stop stitching when I get to this end of string or a thread, that kind of thing. Do you have any, any little things that you like play in your mind with around that? Um, it kind of depends. So sometimes for me, when I'm listening to an audiobook, it's a little harder to be like, because I don't usually know how long a chapter is or how much is left. And so it's hard for me to be like, oh, I'll listen till the end of that chapter. But um, Usually I'll say like, oh, I want to finish this like section that I'm working on or like this thread or maybe if I'm like have my thread on like a bobbin and there's so much left, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to finish this bobbin up. It kind of just depends. Um, I do know that I don't always guesstimate that super well. And like sometimes you're like, I'm going to finish this section. And then you're like, oh, that actually is like a four hour <laughs> section. We really need to like pair that back because um, it also depends on, you know, the stitch you're using too and the amount of thread and like some stitches fill in spaces so much faster than others and like depending mm -hmm. on how much thread you use it might be like much chunkier and thicker or like super fine and detailed and you know like one hour of work could look very different depending upon all those different things yeah, yeah. so true so true and i yeah i agree sometimes it's really hard to kind of have a better understanding of how long something's going to take in fact i i think my rule of thumb which i should apply but don't but the the rule is there and that is allow twice as long for anything that you actually think is going to happen oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <If> not more <laughs> and do you have a favorite stitch do you um or a favorite technique that you like to work with um actually i will say my favorite stitch is the reverse chain stitch um, so if you've done the chain stitch, it looks exactly the same, but I feel like for me, the reverse chain stitch is just a little easier to do because I love that you slide the needle underneath your stitches. 
um, to create that chain link. And I just, um, I find that much more approachable. And I just love how the reverse chain stitch looks. It kind of has this like more raised chain that sits on top of the fabric. And when you do like rows of it together to fill in with things, you get this really chunky, cozy stitch that almost looks like knitting. And so it always feels like really like warm to me. I'm going to have to give that a go. I've seen it in action, but I've never actually tried it myself. And it blew my mind when um, the first time I was aware of it. I'm like, what if you can do this in reverse? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I actually learned the reverse chain stitch before the chain stitch. And um, I have always just loved the reverse chain stitch more. I find like there are times when it's, you know, sometimes great to use one over the other. Like if you have like tight spaces, it's harder to use the reverse chain stitch because you need to slide your needle underneath your stitches. So mm -hmm. it's really hard to kind of fill in some sections. Whereas if you have like um, more open space and things to work with, it's easier to then slide your needle under. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes if you're stitching through really like layers and layers of material one might be better than the other and things like that so there are pros and cons to using one over the other even though they look exactly the same but i feel like it's kind of like the french and colonial knot you can like mix and match and each uh, one will really like know the difference if you've done one or the other in the finished piece fascinating oh you've got me got me thinking about that because i was like okay i kind of remember how it's done <laughs> And then when you're describing, I'm like, I think I remember how it's done. For people who are watching and um, might not be that familiar with the reverse uh, chain stitch, do you have an example of that anywhere that they could see? Let's see. I think there's actually, yeah. So in this, actually on my shirt right here. So let's oh, see. This yeah, stem stitch right here on this one is kind of more of a thicker chain, if you can see that. Um, they'll have to pop in and have a look at sorry it's it's a little bit skinny i i want to get my screen and kind of like do that let me <laughs> grab another piece real quick right so this orange stitch right here is the reverse chain stitch and you can kind of see it looks a little thicker and chunkier, yeah. um, kind of almost like a chain link bracelet. Mm. You can also see on this cactus right here, it has some different rows right next to it. Oh, Those are beautiful. all of the reverse chain stitch as well too. Um, and you can kind of see what I was talking about, how it looks a little more like sweater-like when you see rows next to one mm. another. Mm. Yeah. Mm, such beautiful the... texture. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, um, for some reason, I want to shorten. I think it's because I'm Australian. So Australians always like to, if you have a long name, shorten it. And if you've got a short name, lengthen it. So for some reason, I just want to keep calling you Mel. So apologies if I do. But Melissa, I really love talking with you today. I'm so excited by, um, oh my gosh, everything that you've shared with us. It's just so beautiful. I can't wait for everybody to see your workshop as part of the Making Zen online retreat so they can learn how to make these beautiful posies coming out of pockets. But I also know you've contributed something to the um, VIP ticket. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so along with the flower pocket pattern, I also contributed a like PDF that has more flower designs in there that covers a bunch of other stitches so you really get to create some more textures and really learn how to do some other fun 
flower petals and like different ways to create flowers on there. So it's just kind of an expansion of the flowers that are included in the um, flower pot yeah. design. Oh, so exciting. I can see so many people are going to go to town go to town with this and there'll be flowers everywhere, which is just what we want. Yes, I <laughs> Bring back flower power of the seventies, I think. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to share with us? Uh, well, I just want to say thank you so much for getting to having me on to chat today. It's been lovely to share. Yeah. And I really can't wait to see how everyone does with their flower pockets. And yeah, I'm just so excited. Yes, absolutely. Me too. So for people who are watching who haven't yet, pop over to Melissa, I almost called you Mel then, Melissa's Instagram so you can sign up, you can get the free ticket um, and if you think that you're going to have just so much of a fun time because there's so much extra goodies in the um, VIP pass, pop in, sign up for that there. Um, join us next week for the Making Zen online retreat and much love to you. It's so much fun. And yep, we've got Landa Publishing has sent through a whole lot of flowers. So I'm super excited to see where everybody takes what you're sharing with us. Oh, me too. Thank you so much. Thank Bye -bye. you.